0: You're listening to the purified church podcast with jonathan mcnabb where we explore god's heart for the church in our time if you've got ears to hear each week you'll be overwhelmed by god's grace and challenged to devote your life completely to jesus christ come what may jesus is coming soon will you be ready friends it's good to be with you today in spirit wherever you are whenever you're listening it's amazing that God's made it possible for us to connect across time and space like this about the imperishable truth of God's Word. I want everybody to know this podcast is the product of God sharing His heart with me for the church in our time, specifically the church in the culturally Western world that we live in. So often in the barrage of voices surrounding us in an increasingly technological world, we seem to be really missing the point of who Jesus is and what He came to do. And this podcast is a call to return to the basic truths of the historical Christian faith that sets souls free and conquered the world with love, truth, and the reality-shaping power of God through the Holy Spirit that dwells in the true Church. The podcast is really for everybody because truth, God's truth, is always for everybody. But it's mainly speaking to those who call themselves Christians or think they want to be one. Though this may at some point become a more typical podcast with weekly talks on a variety of things relating to God's heart for the Church, The podcast is going to start with a book because the inspiration for and the namesake of the podcast is my book purified christ bride made ready and the enduring and many-faceted message of that book is what we're going to explore until we get it keep in mind it doesn't help anybody to keep gaining knowledge if we don't practice as jesus said to whom much is given much is required if we keep learning without the obedience the bible requires in response to the word of the living god We become like those Paul warned about in his letters, those who are always learning but never able to arrive at the knowledge of the truth. It's those people that Jesus says will see their lives fall apart when the storms come, and it's those people that he's going to stop from entering heaven with the words, Depart from me, I never knew you. So anyway, in an effort to help folks get the main truths that God wants to share with his people through my partnership with him. I'm releasing one chapter of my audiobook for free on the podcast each week with a brief discussion about its content on the front end of the podcast. If you want to get the entire audiobook, you can get it at any major audiobook retailer, including Audible and iTunes, all the good ones, by looking up Purified by Jonathan McNabb. But it's going to cost you that way. If you want it for free on audio, you'll have to use a free trial of Audible or take the journey with me one week at a time here on the podcast. And keep an open Bible handy. It's going to get deep and you may want to listen to it two or three times while talking to the Lord about different pieces of it. The first chapter is actually going to be the prologue. I'll save you guys from having to listen to the preface of the book where I go on and on about what's going to be in the book, and we'll just jump right in. This section will be different, however, because it's not the first chapter of the book, and I took a creative writing approach to this one. At God's request, keep in mind, I was first a fiction author, and then I dove into nonfiction, so that's where I'm coming from. Like Jesus, I've shared some heavy, powerful truth through a parable. However, unlike Jesus, I'm flawed, so the parable will doubtless not be perfect in the way it relates to the larger truths that it conveys. Anyway, dive on in and enjoy. As with any story, try to see yourself in it. The rest of the book will unpack the parable in a sense, the way Jesus often did with his disciples, though there are definitely messages that go beyond the parable as well. Alright, ready, set, Prologue, As the blazing brightness of the afternoon sun faded into the soft glow of velvet twilight, the stillness was broken by the merry peal of wedding bells issuing from an ages-old chapel nestled high in the Swiss Alps. The sound echoed out across the valley, filling the evening with a sense of joyful expectation. Inside the chapel, the final vestiges of sunlight shone through stained glass, casting multicolored hues across the congregated guests and outlining the beaming face of the groom as he waited for his bride-to-be. Mahogany timber walls enclosed the gathering, framing a simple yet elegant wooden altar that the groom had built himself. He was a carpenter by trade, and it had been a labor of love. In a moment, the lilting sound of violin harmony ceased, hush filled the room, and every eye turned to the back of the chapel. The time had come. Waiting with bated breath, the groom inhaled deeply, calming himself. She was here, and she would be his, forever. Stringed instruments started up in earnest, singing out a joyous, majestic tune, and his heart soared with the rising volume of the music. The great sanctuary doors swung open, and a procession of lovely bridesmaids stepped out first, but he only had eyes for one, and there she was. The bride had arrived. As she slowly slipped into view, gasps of disbelief sounded throughout the chapel. One might have thought that her beauty had taken their breath away, but the astonished looks commanding nearly every face told a very different story. They were disgusted. The young lady was nearly naked, and what clothes she did have appeared worn, unwashed, and barely covered her enough to call her dressed. Yet she did not seem bothered in the least about her embarrassing state. Her cheeks were too proud to blush. Chin held high, she was strutting down the aisle as though she owned the place, glaring at other women, sneering at the decor as though it was beneath her, and casting sultry glances at every attractive man she passed, married or otherwise. The whole affair was horrific but you wouldn't have known it by looking at the groom. His eyes were fixated on his bride's face, and his accepting smile still welcomed her to the altar, though there may perhaps have been a slight sadness in his eyes. He remained the picture of joy, but he was the only one. Nearly everyone present looked mortified, and the bride's family was growing nervous. Then there were the groom's parents. One look at his father would have made any observer painfully aware of his simmering displeasure. His face was set like a flint, fists clenched, and wrath was rising in his eyes. It didn't seem as if he would keep his silence for long. At long last, the bride arrived at the altar. The musicians had been forced to play the bridal March twice, and it had taken so long that one wondered whether she wanted to be there at all. Even inches away, she still wouldn't look the groom in the eye, yet she seemed resigned to her fate against her better judgment. The groom reached out and took her by the hands, pulling her close, clearly striving to break through her cold façade, She only gave a hurried nod to his whispered attempts to connect with her, obviously ready to get the event over with. And that was the last straw. Thud. The father of the groom slammed his fist into the wooden pew and rose from his seat. His son was not going to marry this girl. Not like this. No, he shouted, a baritone voice reverberating painfully through the quiet chapel. The groom's head turned, confusion and disappointment etched on his features. This was not what this day was supposed to be. The father grabbed his son by the shoulders, turning him away from his bride. Looking in the young man's eyes, he pleaded, Please, don't marry her, my son. Then his gaze turned to his would-be daughter-in-law, eyes aflame. And you, he was visibly shaking, clearly struggling to remain composed. You should be ashamed of yourself. We have welcomed you as a member of this family, and this is how you treat my only son. He shook his head in disgust. I don't even know what to say to you. Her glazed and clearly unrepentant look did not help. He might have continued, but the feel of his son's soft touch on his shoulder interrupted his tirade. Father, she is the one. She is to be my wife. The groom spoke quietly but firmly, confident in his conviction. His father looked back at him, tears welling up in his eyes, and compassion filled his heart. How he loved her! But what could be done? The father turned slowly back to the bride before addressing her sternly but kindly for his son's sake. Still, the tone of his voice left no room for argument. My son deserves a beautiful, faithful, devoted bride. I want you to march back out of this chapel and take some time to prepare yourself for him properly. Search your heart. Get yourself in order. And come back with a nice, modest dress, a changed attitude, and eyes reserved for my son. Then, maybe we can have a real wedding, and you can join this family. Then, and only then, may you have my blessing." He turned his back on her, appearing to be finished with the conversation and possibly finished with the young lady for good, but he only beckoned one of the bridesmaids to come to him with some small object. Upon receiving it, he turned to face the bride once again, looking her squarely in the eyes in a way that stayed any attempts at evasion. He held up a small, simple wooden mirror. "'Take a long, hard look at yourself. See what you have become.' She hesitated, uncertain whether she wanted such a gift but his stern visage warranted only one response, so she took it begrudgingly. He held up a finger. If you are willing to see it, this mirror will show you the truth about yourself. It will reveal to you what needs to be changed. See, truly see, and take note. His eyes softened as he spoke once again. But after that, I want you to look at my son. Really look at him. Look into his eyes and see what he sees. See the person he intends to marry, the person you are meant to be. See the kindness in his eyes, see the depths of his love for you. He then went to stand closer to his son, grasping him by the arm. If, after that, you are able to enter this place with a heart full of love for him and an appearance reflecting that heart, then we will have a wedding. He then frowned decisively, finishing. And if not, then you have no place in this family. See to it that you make the right choice.